Welcome back into The Voice of Reason. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride. As always, really happy to have this guy back on the program, Ben, a little bit, as we kick off the 2023 session. And after, obviously, the State of the Union from the President of the United States, what a lot to talk about. Excited to have on the program from the big first district in the state of Kansas. And for those that don't live in the state of Kansas, it's really the entire western half of the state if you draw the line right down the middle of the state. Excited to have on the program Congressman Tracy Mann. Congressman, how are you, my friend? Hey, great joining you. Thanks for having me today. You know, the district um, stretches now all the way east to, and includes Lawrence. Man. So it's really, you know, it, it's a very large uh, district, but it's an honor to get to represent it once again in Congress. Yeah, it is great to have you in there. I remember, and we've talked about this before, when you were lieutenant governor, being able to chat with you many times, and I'm so excited you're in D.C., and what a way to kick off the year. You guys have had a fascinating time already with our new Speaker of the House, Kevin McCarthy, that's allowing actually Republican and conservative agendas to happen, getting the right people on certain committees, and then we had this, the uh, State of the Union last night that, to me, was nothing more than an entertainment, because I couldn't understand Joe Biden half the time. He was talking way too fast. He was mumbling. And then he gets in this weird yelling phase where he just feels like he has to yell for some reason. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot to cover, Andy, and appreciate what you do and that you do it so well. I think, you know, we zoom out a little bit, and we can talk about last night uh, quite a bit here, but big picture, uh, the biggest change in Washington is is not just who the speaker is, but who the speaker is not. And it's no longer Nancy Pelosi. Um, <laughs> politically, she is basically irrelevant. You know, she is not, um, you know, she is not leading her party anymore. anymore. Last night when you watch the State of the Union, sitting behind the president is not uh, a Democrat. Uh, Nancy Pelosi is a Republican. Kevin McCarthy, which changes everything when we look at legislation that we can push forward and is importantly legislation that we're going to prevent happening. No more of these huge spending and to really try to provide some oversight and get this uh, oversight and get this administration back on track. Yeah, boy, it is really nice. Let's talk about some of the major issues that he touched on last night. Uh, obviously, the big one is the debt ceiling. We've already, I mean, Congressman, we're three weeks into January when it officially hit. Now we're into February, and we're already out of money. We've hit our debt ceiling. We can't spend any more. And they're blaming Republicans for not working with them on just just loosely raising the debt ceiling without any discussion of what we could do to cut spending are we going to hold our ground here? And will we say, no, we can't just loosey-goosey raise the debt ceiling when we're already with our debt at a 100% of our national GDP? This is unsustainable. It's absolutely unsustainable. You know, we are $32 trillion in debt, Andy. Um, stat I heard yesterday is um, at this rate, we're going to pay over $10 trillion just to service the debt mm-hmm. um, over the next 15 years. I mean, it's it's remarkable and, and so, you know, I think family, if you max out your credit card, it's irresponsible to just go out and get another one or, or raise the limit of that card without having a discussion about spending and how you got here in the first place. I think it's responsible and reasonable to have a discussion and to make some changes um, in regards to our spending instead of just blindly raising the debt limit because we're going to hit it again. Uh, if we don't make some significant changes in the way that that we're spending money in this country federally. Yeah. 
Oh, no, absolutely. And they didn't talk about any of that last night. In fact, one of the most entertaining parts of the speech last night was when the uh, when Joe Biden had talked about the uh, supposed plan from Republicans wanting to cut Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and the booze that came from the Republican side saying, no, that's not what anybody's trying to do. We just want to make sure that we're not spending on other ridiculous, absurd projects. But the narrative from the Democrats is, well, the social programs are going to get hit and everybody's going to die in the streets because Republicans are unwavering on wanting to cut these programs. It kind of called him on his it called him out on his spot, didn't it? It, it, it? Well, it did. And, you know, I was sitting there and when he says the Republicans plan to cut Social Security and Medicare, which is completely a lie, uh, mm-hmm. that is not true. That has never been discussed. I've never been in a meeting, closed door or otherwise, where that, I mean, that, that is off the table. Yeah. Um, for him to say that, and then he gets booze and a lot of pushback from the audience. It really did kind of step it back a little bit. And then he said, well, not everybody, uh, just, just uh, a, a few people uh, <laughs> in your party. Um, and, and then, then is, all, is all I'm saying. And then literally verbally, you could hear members shouting back, that, don't say it. Yeah. Um, if he wants to talk about what, some members um, in parties are doing. I mean, you know, he's not willing to talk about how he's got socialists in his party. Uh, we had a bill last week, Andy, condemning socialism, and there were over a hundred members of car. This is like as easy of a no-brainer yes vote um, as, as there is. You have a hundred members of his party that would either voted no or voted present, which means they are unwilling to condemn socialism. But he's not willing to talk about that. Of um, course, not. last night's speech was um, delusional at times. I mean, it was just wild, some of the things and accusations he made. They were just untrue. Things like, and if you caught the line where he said, um, basically blaming the border on the fact that Republicans won't fund his border security plan. And I'm just checking, like, what what are you talking about? (laughs) I mean, you are are the sole blame of this situation on the border. Um, don't be trying to blame other people for it. It, it was it was actually kind of made you shake your head many many times last night. Oh, absolutely, it made you shake your head. I mean, I don't know how he could even mention the the topic of fentanyl without saying we need to shut down the border and then blame you guys for not shutting down the border. It was very confusing to me how they tried to twist that one. No, that's exactly right. And you know, my takeaway from last night uh, that was a speech aimed at his left flank. Like it, it struck me. That either one, maybe he really believes this crazy stuff, or two, he is concerned about threats going into his election from his left, um, because that was not a speech um, that that would be given with someone that has any intentions of trying to work with Republicans get anything done legislatively in the next two years. Yeah, it's unbelievable. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the big first district here in the state of Kansas, where I hail from with our flagship radio station. Let's focus on, let's shift gears a little bit. Let's go into the Farm Bill. I know you're obviously on the Ag Committee. you got a lot of rural community in your area, and uh, the agricultural industry has been huge because we're seeing eggs triple in price. We're seeing meat skyrocket across the nation. We're seeing the uh, the avian flu. We're seeing, uh, we talk about fentanyl and stuff coming from the border. We've seen contraband of eggs and chickens coming over the border by 105% increases compared to last year because of the insane prices going on right now. Can we get uh, food prices back under control here relatively soon? Well, this is a result of Joe Biden's economy and his policies. So, yeah, I'm on the Ag Committee again this term. Our first meeting was actually this morning. I'm delighted to get to serve on it. My, my district is one of the largest ag-producing districts in the country. Um, but, but you know what I mean? And, and, and we've got to get ag policy right because food security is national security. 
And we're a free, the free country are for many reasons, one of which is the fact that we have never had to rely on another country for our food. If we get that policy wrong and that changes, like it's changed um, in the oil and gas industry, how we have to import uh, oil overseas, yeah. if we start importing our food, we are in an entirely different spot as a nation. So we got to work to make sure that we never, ever let that happen. These policies from the radical left that Biden has been putting forward puts us absolutely in the wrong direction so far as agriculture and food policy. Yeah, that is scary. That was the next question I had for you was the energy market was we see gas prices continue to climb as well. We're in the off season right now, which means gas prices should be relatively low before Memorial Day, before the summer hits when people want to travel. And we're still seeing here in Kansas, especially and across the nation, average gas prices over $3 a gallon, which is insanity. Can we get energy prices back down? And is there an opportunity to force the Biden administration to actually allow us to start drilling domestically again instead of relying on OPEC that's relying on Russian oil when we said we didn't want Russian oil in the first place. Yeah, Andy, this it just makes no sense. Um, <clears throat> can we? Absolutely. Is the Biden administration going to be willing to? We're going to see. So far, they, they have not been. You know, when the Keystone XL pipeline got shut down, understand that the amount of crude that that pipeline would have brought into our country from Canada, you know, our best ally, uh, friendly neighbor to the north, is almost the exact same amount, Andy, that we have been buying from Putin. Um, so it makes no sense. You know, you know, President Biden um, shuts down the construction of that pipeline, um, yet, you know, they finished the Nord Stream pipeline so Russia could sell its oil to Europe. I mean, it's just up is down and down is up. You can't vilify an industry. You can't add regulations. You can't make it so difficult for oil and gas producers to do business and expect that there won't be a decline in supply which raises, you know, the price. And, and so Joe Biden is absolutely to blame for these high gas and energy prices that we're seeing in our country right now. It is unfortunate. We're talking with Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District of the state of Kansas. So let's talk about the Farm Bill for a second. I know that as of last year, we were slightly behind the deadline or the schedule to at least discuss it, talk about what's going to be included in it, and revamping the Farm Bill for 2023. How is that process going, and uh, are you feeling optimistic as we go through the year here already? Yeah, well, I'm glad that Ag Committee's meeting and we're, and we're moving forward. Farm bills are typically five-year bills, and this current one expires September 30th of this year. Mm-hmm. So we have some time, but we need to get uh, we need to get going on it. Um, our, our current chairman, I think, will do a good job um, leading the Ag Committee. Um, my priorities, you know, crop insurance is such an important risk management tool for ag producers. It results it's the most cost-efficient way to have a stable food supply. It's a very successful public-private partnership. So strengthening that, making sure that that um, remains intact will be a high priority. But a lot of work still to do in the Farm Bill. You know, think about this summer. We have a debt limit coming up. Uh, we'll be in Farm Bill negotiations, discussions this spring and summer. And there's FAA reauthorization as well. So there's some big things that Congress has got to get done over the next few months. Yeah. Is there any inclusion on this bill, or is it in a separate bill, do you think, regarding the concern of China buying up land in the United States, and especially agricultural land, where that is a cause for concern, where, as you mentioned, if we want to be self-sufficient on our food, which there's no reason why we shouldn't be, on having foreign countries actually coming up and grabbing all of our agricultural land? It's crazy the way that we've allowed the Chinese and other foreign countries to buy large swaths of farmland near our military bases. Um, I, you know, I've co-sponsored legislation on legislation that would prevent this. Um, I think we have a look at, at buying it back or, or reclaiming it. Um, I don't think the farm bill is the best place to do it, I, but I think it should be its own standalone 
And so far, there has been, you know, its own standalone bill that, that's been introduced that's working its way through way past time we addressed this. Yeah. The Chinese have taken advantage of us, in my view, A&E, for far too long. Oh, yeah. And I know states are trying to address it. The state of Oklahoma has already worked on legislation, but something like that, I think, would need to be done at the federal level to just say, hey, if you're part of a foreign nation, there's no reason why you need to be buying up our land and doing your own thing there. That's that's kind of weird. Then you have the police station from China that's in New York City that just makes you scratch your head as well again on why China is so involved over here, and we're allowing it. We are allowing it, and weakness bodes aggression. And that's why when the balloon you know, enters our airspace in Alaska <laughs> and then comes through Canada, um, through Montana, over Kansas City, ends up at, you know, when it's when you delay, uh, when you are not firm with countries like China, you're sending a message to them that what they're doing is okay. Yeah. We got to get much more, uh, more strong, more forcefully pushed back um, as, as when they're being bad actors on the world stage. Yeah, amen to that. Last couple of things for you as we let you go, and I appreciate your time very much. But uh, as you mentioned, with Kevin McCarthy being Speaker of the House now, as opposed to someone like Nancy Pelosi, just the feel, the environment in Congress and in the House of Representatives, how does it feel? And for Republicans that are being selected on certain committees with Jim Jordan and Marjorie Taylor Greene and Lauren Boebert and some of these great conservatives out there and yourself as well, uh, how is the feel, and do you think that we can actually get some decent bills coming out of the House this year? Uh, I, I really do, yeah. You know, the rules package that also passed earlier this year was really good. Some common sense stuff, things like no more multi-subject bills, things like uh, you have to wait at least 72 hours from when you announce a bill is going to be voted on till the vote, which means, Andy, no more of these 4,000-page bills that drop at 4 in the morning that we're voting on this afternoon, you know, that, that afternoon, um, a return to regular order. There'll be a mandatory vote on term limits. There will be a, um, any budget that passes, there's going to be a requirement that it balances. I mean, this is common sense stuff. Uh, it's really good, but there, there's a new way of doing business in the house. That doesn't mean you say you're going to pass the Senate or you're signing the law, but to, uh, to, to push good legislation out of the house, um, has already been done over the last uh, few weeks, and you're going to see a lot more of it here moving forward. Yeah, well, and that's the thing, like you mentioned, I mean, we still have a Democrat majority in the Senate. We still have the Democrat presidency, so the bills won't become law necessarily, but the messaging of Republicans saying this is our priorities and what we want to see done is huge to have us ram through it through the House of Representatives. And as you mentioned, I, I love the very first bill you guys passed uh, as soon as the speakership was done with the single bill, the single page, two page bill repealing the IRS agents and the funding of the 87,000 new IRS agents. It wasn't a thousand pages. It wasn't massive amounts of money. It was a single bill. And it was so nice to see something so simple come through. No, that's right. And, and that goes to the Senate. The Senate, if they don't pick it up, is going to have to answer why. Yes. They pick it up, it'll pass. And then if Biden won't sign it, he's going to have to answer why. I mean, we will be able to uh, play offense a little bit put them on their heels and force them to answer why they don't pick up some really good legislation. You know, other legislation last month um, m- makes it um, no longer permissible for a president regards to party to sell oil out of the strategic petroleum reserve SBR to China, which the Biden administration has done. So we passed that bill and it, it's kind of like if you're in the Senate, you know, kind of daring Chuck Schumer, I mean, how do you not take up that bill? How do you say that we're okay selling oil out of our reserves to China, of all places. It, it's pretty incredible. Yeah. Optimistic here what we can get done. It is very optimistic, and I hope that we remember that power that we have and that influence that we can have 
especially going into that debt ceiling debate with uh, uh, holding our ground, even if it comes to a government shutdown temporarily to say, hey, we're not just going to crazy raise the debt ceiling for no apparent reason. It's Congressman Tracy Mann from the 1st District of Kansas. Congressman, it's always good to talk to you, my friend. So much good stuff going on in D.C. For the first time in a while, I'm optimistic about the direction we're going, so let's keep up that effort. Well, thanks for what you do, Andy, and uh, if I can be helpful, let me know. I'm happy to come on anytime. Always a pleasure, my friend. Back after this here on The Voice of Reason.